0: Welcome to the Margin Business Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we got a very special guest, very well known in the, uh, in the call center world, um, corporate call center world, I would say, because every company, big company actually needs a call center at some point. So Richard Blank is the CEO of the Costa Rica's call center a division of Cheyenne Consultants, a company incorporated in Costa Rica. So when Richard was 27 years old, he relocated to Costa Rica, where he started training employees for one of the large call centers in San Jose. So he trained over 10,000 bilingual telemarketers. Wow, 10,000. That's um, thats quite a lot. I think I will have to work quite a while until I can say I, ten- I trained 10,000 employees. And here we come directly into what we actually do at Margin Business. We do the localization. So I'm 100% sure for you, the word localization is as well very very familiar. And I'm sure we're going to get um, very deep into this at a later point. But for now, I um, I cannot say more. Uh, thank you, thank you that you uh, came on the show. And I hope the introduction. Um, I I think it's never enough for somebody for somebody uh, someone. Of your size to introduce to the audience correctly, um, I did my best, and I'm sure I picked like a little bit out of your professional life in order to present it to the audience. But please give us a little bit more um, overview of how you got there. Uh, you don't go from you know from just one day to another to be the CEO of uh, of a large call center um in costa rica so what is your background where are you coming from and um yeah tell us a little bit more about that
1: well omar i cannot thank you enough especially for those acclimates in the beginning you really did give the bells and the whistles but (laughs) i love your work i reached out to you because i know that you influence so many and you give such good advice And today I would be able to shed some light in regards to customer support, lead generation, appointment setting, and even company culture. A lot of the times you don't see what's behind the scenes in regards to customer support and call centers and contact centers. And so when I was 27, I was given a one in a million opportunity to come down here and work at my friend's center. And I fell in love with it. I saw the art of speech, especially for bilingual agents that really got engaged in the conversation, had expanded vocabulary, really really found the stimulation in regards to that such intense concentration to not only translate, but move conversations along. So I gravitated towards that. Now, Omar, in any vertical, the most important thing is to extend dignity to the people that work with you and to have empathy as a boss, because I don't look for people to quit or to burn out. I'm always looking to promote those as well. People with vigor that can show up to work on time, pen at the ready, always have a suggestion. And so me being a guest in this country, and I've read your bio as well, you've traveled the world. You you know about being a guest in other countries. And the most important thing is to keep an open mind and understand traditions and values and especially learning the language. And if you do that, I guarantee a very positive experience and a very strong reinforcement And it becomes addicting. All you want to do is now travel to different places and meet new people.
0: Most definitely. And uh, this is is exactly what I'm saying as well. When you speak the language of, um, you don't have necessarily to live in the country, but as soon as you speak a language, you understand the psychology of the person. Maybe not the uh, the person, sorry, about the country or the, the people who live in that country. And you can understand them so deep. When you speak that language, um, whilst when you only speak English or only speak uh, speak another language, you 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 will not go in a deep conversation with them, as as when you speak their real their 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 mother tongue. So, and this is where we go as well in 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 the side of the e-commerce and everything, because before it was not that deep, but now because it's so sophisticated, there are so many uh, um, so competitors. You have to go so deep, you know, and, and this is where you need not only to understand your customer's language, you need simply to understand your customer. So it goes, it goes really deep. And this is exactly what you are doing as well, because for you only speaking, for example, I know that you speak Spanish, you, you're bilingual. I don't know. Are you trilingual or bilingual?
1: Uh, just bilingual.
0: Okay. Okay. It's it's already really good because Spanish is an amazing language and, and ev- you know, almost half of the world is speaking it. So when you when you speak to your customer, to your Spanish customer, obviously there is, I don't know how many different Spanish speaking countries on the in, in the in the southern hemisphere, and we have Spain, um, we have some parts of Africa speaking still uh, uh, some kind of Spanish, um, and everyone has a different culture. So when you have the people on the phone, can you can can you explain a little bit to us about about this this process? How how do you breathe your team? For such a localization process, you speak with Guatemala, Guatemala, you speak with Mexico, you speak with Paraguay, you speak with Uruguay, and everyone has a different culture. So how do you train your staff for this?
1: Oh, that's an excellent question, Omar, and it's actually quite simple, my friend. You and I both know that learning a second language is 10 times harder than any other job that would be put on. Yeah. And so you have to put fear into perspective. When I do meet someone that's bilingual, and you were mentioning trilingual in multiple languages, to me, it it shows structure and discipline, cognitive skills, and somebody that has the capacity, as you say, to have that sort of depth, to understand different cultures and languages. So just off the bat, it's looking at big muscles and instrument playing and linguistic skills, and someone's bringing something to the table immediately. I also did it in regards to defense, my friend. I'm not just gonna put all the the flowers there. It's, I did it to protect myself. A lot of the times I don't disclose the fact that I speak Spanish, just to see if people are authentic in front of me. And secondly, once again, it, it enables me to have a very nice first impression prior to any sort of contracts or even business discussions. It's sometimes the greatest relationships are built is when you don't talk about business. You can talk about the things on the side and so it really shows the sort of personality and so those were the sort of things that i believe separated me from some of my friends that decided just to learn languages in schools a prerequisite and not to continue using it in regards to some sort of additional skill set uh, but for me my good friend i had to make a decision as a young man i did not want to follow in the footsteps of my grandparents and parents and older brother that went to Ivy League and studied economics, finance, and law. I wanted to be a linguist. I wanted to be bilingual. I wanted to study communication. And sometimes the stars become aligned. And if you don't fall into the destiny that's predetermined for you, don't be surprised if you don't make an incredible poet's life where you look in the mirror and you can't believe how you got there. But it was from a lot of decisions that were done through good faith and not letting the naysayers and gray believers hold you back. And I was reading about you as well with your athletics. You you do need to have releases. So you oh, yes, have my mind, body, and focus. And the kickboxing, that's why you're my buddy, man. Just in case I get in trouble, I'm going to call you, Omar, <laughs> to help me out. But um, my man, I, I when I read about you, it's just a, a well-balanced, leveled individual that, in my opinion, would be welcomed anywhere in the world. And so... Maybe that's why we gravitated towards one another, Omar. Today,
0: great. I think I think this this explains the whole thing uh, uh, very well. And uh, like I said, I have seen a lot of similarities um, in in our work and as well in our personalities because of the um, different languages, um, you know, the structure within uh, within the companies and uh, uh, you know the the traveling and and everything. I mean, you still you still like to travel. I mean. Obviously, because you have so many uh, people from different cultures, you, you, must, have, you must have seen the, these kind of people in your company and say, listen, I, I, I want to travel to Thailand. I want to travel to Slovakia. I want to travel somewhere where it's really like, uh, is there a lot of international people? That means that you as well have people from Europe in your call center, or is it only for, this, for, for, for South America?
1: I have to, with the agents that we have here, okay. they need to have the legal paperwork to be able to work here. Okay. That's number one. I, I don't hire independents, but the majority of my clients are North America, the United States, some of Central America, and I've dabbled a little bit in Europe. I I prefer to take accounts, Omar, where A, I can speak the language and B, it's the skill set that my agents are able to fulfill. I don't okay. want to overpass. It's, it's a competitive industry out there and the agents oh, here in Costa Rica mm-hmm. They have options, Amazon is here, Amazing. HP, Intel and Oracle, they have- Amazing, that's enough. <laughs> and so you and I, we compete against the big boys, but I have some secrets. I mean, for the fact that I was able to last 15 years competing against these people and growing to hundreds of seats, it's, it's very simple. There's a lot of people that are looking for a smaller company or call center, I myself around 150, where they can make a name for themselves. It allows me to delegate and give additional responsibilities and knowing an owner of a company. So there are some people that like to hide amongst thousands and then there's others that have the vigor and have the desire to grow. And and to me, it's, it's being a mentor. It's being a knight to a squire. I've had many people assist me along the way, Omar. So what you and I are doing, my brother, is just we're paying it forward. That's all we're doing. We're giving that information down so we can raise others to become leaders. And I, I would much prefer to hire somebody with zero call center experience so I could mold them and they don't have bad habits compared to a hotshot that could be a superstar, but also could be a cancer that can ruin the flow of a floor. And so it's a very, very delicate sort of synergy That we're looking for here that's why we're very selective
0: of the clients and especially the agents that come work at the center i mean to put all of this together wow it's um you talk about 150 employees you have in a call center that means human uh, the human touch needs to be there all the time so then you need to think about the big calls the 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 big companies which need the support Mm -hmm. so when we have amazon when we have hp when we have all these big boys there is, they need a lot, they demand a lot. So I guess you have 24 hours service, correct? We
1: do, not at my center. Okay, we don't, because that's a very good question. When you do the graveyard shift, it's a limited labor pool. Plus there's different hours that they can work in a different pay scale. Plus I considered, I, I think they're phenomenal, but they kind of reminded me of the goth kids that smoke cigarettes behind the gym at lunch. You know, It's a very, very different crew that works at night and sleeps during the day. Yes, yes, you know? yes, I know.
0: They it's have true, very it's white true.
1: skin. <laughs> you know, you yes, get a lot of sun. Yes, 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 yes. yes. But um, it's, uh, it's okay. The the thing is, though, when you are at such, such, such large companies, there is that job stability and there is a company culture, but there is a certain point where it gets too large. If a party's too big, you're not going to meet everybody the whole night. You, you can't yeah, take a picture with
0: everyone. Yes.
1: And yes. so I, I believe in nesting. I, I believe in happy homes. My man, I walk the roads. I know everybody's name. And what you see behind me is a 61 Ricola Regis and a candy machine. I, I have a. I love it, games. you know. I, lo- I love both of them already, you know. it's uh... <laughs> Omar, I play Pac-Man with the agents. I play yeah. pinball with them. We have recess here at the center. And I believe that games and playing is a wonderful way to build that sort of rapport between the agents. So they don't quit if their best friend is working there or somebody's having a tough day, you, you, you give them a timeout on the machine and they can, sure. I guess decompress a little bit, man. They, these aren't robots and, and you don't wanna break them. And we've sat in those cubicles, Omar. We've made those phone calls. We know what it's like. We, so as I mentioned earlier about extending that sort of empathy, especially if they're having situations outside of the office, which may affect their work performance. It's just a very natural way to be able to have that sort of real bond with the people that work with you.
0: I, I agree completely, and for us, it's completely different because we're all remote. So yes. it's even it's it's another challenge on another level, you know. So you have your challenges, and the remote with remote, we have we have our challenges, you know. So it's uh, there is there needs to be a balance, uh, obviously, and uh, um, the, the the employees they need to be happy as well. It's it's not just like a, a robot, as you said. You switch them on and uh, um, they run for twenty four hours, and you switch them off. It's 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 the same. You have to have meetings. You know, it's 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 all the same, just virtual. And maybe even um, trying to be even more personal because you're in constant contact with them. You know, like it's blinking everywhere. It's 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 always on. So I I believe there is there is obviously a big difference because we're humans, so we kind of need the human touch. But on the other hand. We are as well preparing for the years to come because I'm sure um, when COVID came last time, um, like if you you know the, the the bad times of COVID, I'm not sure how how did it affect you uh, over there? Did it affect you at all? Did you need it to close down, or was it um, bearable for you and they could all work from home?
1: That's a lot of toppings on that pizza. Let me handle it one <laughs> at a time. I was in shock as much as everybody else. And during chaos, Omar is when you see someone's true character. So a lot of the people that I depended on ran to the hills and others stepped up to the plate. But I was very proud of myself. I I really wanted to put people's families first because I understood their position. And thankfully, that my industry was capable enough to adjust virtually because there were so many mom and pop pizza parlors that couldn't stay open or or stores that required onsite. And so sure. having that luxury, that gift, that lifeline, you name five other words that allowed my business to continue that way was a one in a million. So I, I was very humble there. And so people went home and we had to make sure that they had the redundancy the internet and that the electricity wouldn't drop too much. And we gave them the computer. So at least they had the tech specs. So legally they could work at home. they all live a half an hour from the office. So if something happened, they could be on a turnkey station. But if I may be forthright with you and your audience, Omar, that was taken away from me. I, I run a call center and I have specialists here. Supervisors, IT, accountants, attorneys, HR, you name it. Sure. But what about me? Besides being the salesman, the marketer, whatever title you want to give me. I did this for the luxury trade. I did this so I could do live classes. And I mentioned earlier, walking the rows or, or how about this? Let's say, Omar, you and I are sitting next to one another. And I'm listening to my buddy have one of the best phone calls of his entire life. I would probably put myself on hold in coaching so I could listen to you close that deal. And when it's done, high five you, be the first one to congratulate you. And then I'd be standing there as the owner of the company and behind the two agents and listening to that sort of camaraderie, that sort of sharing ideas and energy. It's the gym of getting stronger. It's teaching you a better golf swing. It's once you do virtual, it becomes a print. When you have people live, like live theater or a painting, it, it, it's, you can see the brushstrokes, you can hear the breathing. And you we're talking about a linguistic environment here where people feed off of that sort of energy or they sort of pick-me-up when they need it the most. And so not saying that we're not capable of doing this job, and sure, it's going to become more virtual in time. But when you look back at the old days of like the arcades in the 80s, they don't really exist anymore. There was a certain sort of time where that was the place to be. And there was a golden age of call centers, even before people's cell phones, when people really were experts and artists of speech. And when I came down here in August of 2000, it was right before those phones started coming in. So maybe my friend, I got to see the end of that era. That's all.
0: I think I think we both will see another, God willing, uh, another era coming in. Um, maybe not very fast, but I, I think we will still still see it. But it it will come at some point, you know. But go, going back, what you just mentioned, the two thousands, you arrive in Costa Rica. Uh-huh. You are we are working at a call center. You, you know because because we're running this uh, entrepreneur podcast and and trying to give the the thought process of the leaders we, we we interview here in this time frame, because this is the crucial time for you. Obviously, you come from somewhere, you go, you work somewhere, and then suddenly you don't wake up overnight and say, "I want to open a call center as well. and and how does it how did it start like with one employee or how how was the the, the little process because this is this is where the thought process as well of yourself, how did you identify that? Okay, I want to be the leader. I want to have 150 employees. Was it already for you and your head before? Or did you slide Did you slide into it? What I don't believe, actually.
1: If I ever meet somebody under the age of 16 years old that wants to be a CEO of a call center, I want to shake their hand. <laughs> it's <laughs> nobody's dream when they're a child. Uh, you fall into this. And my friend fortunately gave me an opportunity to come down to teach English. But... I learned it not from the sea level. See, if anything of nothing, that people really need to not get their hands dirty, but they need to walk in the shoes. And so by sitting in the rows and seeing retention, customer support, affiliate management for search engine optimization, human resources, training, you name it, even learning the labor laws you were mentioning before about learning different cultures and vocabulary. I, I couldn't drink enough of it. I was in the deep end of this pool and it was just left and right. There's something more to learn. But here's the skinny denny. There's sometimes when you, when you have these, um, these chills or this sixth sense, some sort of metaphysics that runs through your body. And I knew that time was ticking. I was in my late 20s. But I also knew this, Omar, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. So there was some sort of destiny that put me there. And I wanted to give it a shot. But being at that center for four years, I I learned it enough to where I know I can do the nuts and the bolts, but I don't have the sort of ability to do everything. And this gentleman had an accounting department. He had HR. He had attorneys. So... Why can't I? I mean, it's like the Justice League. I needed other superheroes with special skills to work with me. And so this is what I did. A lot of entrepreneurs will overextend themselves. My grandmother told me if I can't pay for it in cash, you just don't do it. So this is what I did. I was renting a turnkey station at a blended call center. It's almost like a glorified internet cafe. I had an office, but it really wasn't private. And there was just an open floor and I'm renting a station per month, a couple hundred bucks, turnkey. It's where you start. And, sure, you know, a sure. couple months in, you know, I, I launched my website October 4th of 2007, landed the first account February 6th, 2008. One seat, one week, regardless of the size, it began. A couple months later, I'm at a half a dozen seats. The next month I landed a whale. And I went to like seven seats to 60 seats. And then after a period of time paying a la carte per seat, it didn't make sense. And so I was looking around to see where I could rent out and what sort of used computers and furniture that I could get for pennies on the dollar. And there's enough IT people out there that helped me ramp up a server room. And so, you know, after a couple of years, I built out a 150 seat center that I was renting. I was there for six years. And then when I saved enough money and you're saying behind me, I build out a 300 seat center that I own and it's slow and steady. The tortoise more than the hare. There are no shortcuts. You might get lucky with large clients, but I was very conservative with my money because of this sort of uh, responsibility that I have for the job stability and paying the lights and paying the benefits. You, you don't want to be footloose and fancy free. I mean, you need to enjoy yourself but there is some sort of maturity and impulse control that is along with being a CEO. It's not all about you. You are feeding families. And from time to time, I have the pleasure of meeting spouses and parents and grandparents. And it's my pleasure to let them know how amazing Omar is. You're gonna have to only pull me away from your parents, you know, just to let them know how great you are. And and that's the sort of gift that keeps on giving, knowing once again, I'm doing my contributions. And so for your audience, If you have one seat, you have one account, that spark can grow into an inferno. And money and jewels, they'll lose its luster. The the, the moment, and money's great and everything, but the moment you lose the passion, the fidelity for what you're doing, then what are you doing it for? I I have my scars and there's ups and downs of the call center industry. It is a grind. Most people burn out, but I still love this art of speech. And I find people that are bilingual fascinating. And so um, I really haven't lost my love for this, Omar, after all these years. And that's why I'm a, an old cat in this game. But for your entrepreneurs out there, please, you, you, you have to hold fast and you need to go the distance. And don't kid yourself, the last few reps in the gym burn and so does being an entrepreneur. And if you have faith in yourself, and by all means, shoulders back, chin up, chest out, and go that remaining distance, my man, so you can fulfill your dreams. That's my only advice being 50 years old, Omar, because I'm very happy that I made certain decisions in my younger years, because if, if I did, not I, I don't know how I'd be able to respect being in a box, having a job that I could earn a living, but just Knowing I wasn't being true to myself. I, I I think that's one of the greatest gifts somebody can give to them, to oneself.
0: Oh, this is um you said it very, very well. And it's as well something I wanted to ask you actually. Yeah. Man. Um to give an advice. But the advice you gave it already. So <laughs> what you're bringing the, out the, of me, no, Omar. No, it's all good. It's it's. <laughs> if you're next to me. I would have given you a hug. <laughs> it's all good. I really, I'm really happy that um, that we could speak about the, this. And you know, the, the the it it goes on and on because you know, as you already said, linguistically, um, languages in general, foreign languages fall into into something which really um, is coming from the heart you know because it's passion it's something you live for and you know like our business as well we we are we are based on that we are based on traveling we are based on linguistic we are based on different languages we are based on the human touch so it's it's super important everything what you just said makes makes a lot of sense and i'm 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 trying as well to 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 explain this to the audience all the time that it's not just about making money it's obviously you need money and money is a great tool don't get me wrong you know um but you need to have something you help people with or you and you are passionate about and then everything will be good that's um that's exactly what i pulled out what you what you just said
1: it's easier said than done though
0: i know i know but still you know still we are always we're always emphasizing. Example, I believe in
1: momentum. I think there's certain signs that you're doing things the right way. Exactly. And a lot of the times, you need to do it alone, because you yes. may be a dreamer, and some of your friends might not understand where you're going. They'll support you, but you might be on that vision quest by yourself,
0: Omar. I know. I know. This is this is the thing. For most uh, of the entrepreneurs, they are lone wolves. And they will build, okay. they will build their entourage later on, but for the for the beginning, they are definitely lone wolves and need to go and fight their way through. I wanted as well to ask where can anybody uh, contact you because you know uh, you know our audience. We have we have a lot of CEOs, we have a lot of uh, um, Amazon e commerce sellers, uh, Shopify sellers, agency owners. And maybe there is a need at some point that they need your um, call center to help them. So it would be great if they can reach out to you and speak to you. Have it have it just to talk with you.
1: Anytime, especially if they say they're friends of Omar, then they're definitely a friend of mine. But uh, my suggestion is to buy a first class plane ticket and come visit me here in Costa Rica, especially when it gets really cold back home. We have a very large Facebook fan page of about 106,000
0: 106, individuals. 106,000?
1: Wow. Once this goes live, Omar, look at all the new fans you're going to have. And just real quick, it will give your audience a pulse of the business process outsourcing in Central America. Now, for your audience, we are north of Nicar- uh, Panama, south of Nicaragua. We're the only democratic society in Central America. There's no standing army. So all the money got put back into education and
0: okay, 95% okay. literacy
1: rate. As I mentioned, Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle are here. And with our infrastructure and labor pool, we pack a punch. And Costa Rica is known for medical tourism and especially eco-tourism. So it really is a Central America paradise. And Omar, I can't thank you enough. I really enjoyed myself today and, and sharing ideas. and. Obviously you got some really good stuff out of me. I feel very comfortable with you. It's like speaking to a best friend. And <laughs> this is the sort of conversation that gentlemen have, let's say when they're having lunch, we're not hardcore business cracking codes. It's really about
0: guys decompressing, and just talking about how beautiful life is. Exactly. And with this, we close this. And I, I cannot thank you uh, enough, Richard, um, for your wisdom today, for your insight in the industry. Yeah. And as well, personally, and I'm sure we can take a lot of value away from this. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Omar.